Uh, hey, good morning. This is uh, Tanola Oliver, comedian Tanola Oliver with the Making of the Mogul podcast, where the dream is free, but the hustle was sold separately, baby. Um, thank you for joining me on this edition of the Making of the Mogul podcast, where we have been unpacking 21 questions, the professional edit. Why are we doing the professional edit? So the name of that song is um, I Can Love You by Mary J. Blige featuring Little Kim. And so um, that was supposed to be the instrumental, but it turned out to be the, <laughs> excuse me, the full um, version of the song. So let me start out by apologizing for not publishing an episode yesterday. And so I actually did record an episode yesterday. However, um, it did not upload properly. And so I am in my strategic planning um, months as we're moving into 2023 um, to position the foundation on uh, movement and expansion for 2023. And unfortunately, um, I did not have the opportunity to be recorded, but I do apologize because I made a promise that um, I would record every day um, up to January 2023. Um, as an extension of your encouragement team uh, to help you to cultivate your environment on a daily basis for reaching your optimum level of capacity for 2023. And we kicked that off when we launched um, what we referred to um, as participating in the Jewish celebration of Rosh Hashanah, right? And um, so we, uh, as we're moving into the finality of 2022, we have walked into um, an era of continuous blessings and continuous harvests, right? So I apologize um, about yesterday. And so today is uh, day number five of 21 questions, the professional edit. I've been inviting the um, audience to go back and listen to the comedy, audible comedy skit of 21 questions. Um, we're in the process of combining all of those episodes into one audio, audible format as of right now. Uh, there is 21 um, episodes. 
that you have to listen to individually, but they all flow uh, one after another. So pretty easy to listen to, but we will be formatting that into, into one audible, uh, one audible, um, one audible um, listening pleasure. Okay. The other uh, comedy audible skit that I invite you to listen to is You Ain't Never Had a Baby Mama Like Me. Uh, It is another audible comedy skit. And um, I invite you to listen to both of those in the event that you're having an indifferent day or you just need to get your laugh on. Okay? Go listen to both of those. And so, thank you so much for joining me today. And um, I may... Uh, To make up for yesterday, I may record twice today. Um, But we have a lot to talk about today. We have a lot to talk about today. So um, at the top of the news today, I want to talk about R&B star um, Akon's. um, uh, He is absolutely raising the bar on philanthropy, on how to move money, um, how to elevate um, a generation of people. It is reported that R&B star Akon is building a $6 billion smart city in Senegal. Um, And this is is his home. And... um, Basically, it is his contribution to the African diaspora, and um, and, and not only is he building it for um, the people of Senegal, but he is also building it for people from the U.S., um, Black Americans who feel the need um, to escape the United States of America. And um, so um, really exciting news today. I attempted to announce it yesterday is that um, on November 1st, we are launching the ELA magazine. And so if you want more information about exactly what um, this Akon City involves, um, the first edition of the magazine uh, uh, the first volume of the magazine will be free um, to the subscribers of the podcast. The magazine is also free. Um, so, how can you read the magazine? Is that uh, you subscribe to the podcast and you receive the magazine for free? Um, and so, we have slightly raised the price of the the monthly podcast from five dollars to seven dollars. We've also um, added a link where you don't have to contact me directly, where you just have the ability to um, to subscribe to the podcast. All right. Really, really exciting things that um, are happening in 2023 for the ELA Foundation. And so I'm just really excited to release the State of Leadership Address that will also be um, the portal that it will be located in um, will be the uh, the magazine. 
all right, the ELA magazine. And so while I will make um, strategically some of those, um, some of the report available um, on my platform, um, the lion's share of it, or if you want the full report, you have to subscribe to the podcast so that you can receive um, the magazine, which will be the platform that the um, uh, that the leadership report will um, will be able to be located. Okay, so there's all of that. If you would like to offer a one-time donation to Elect Leadership Academy Foundation, you can do so at dollar sign um, on Cash App and dollar sign S-A-L-T-R-O-O-M. Um, so I don't know if you all know it or not. Um, so I'm working on two exhibitions, two art exhibitions. One is titled the Black Ken and Black Barbie um, art exhibition. And the other one is the NYC uh, exhibition. So here is the thing. Uh, I've been writing grants for about 20 years for myself and for other people. Several years ago, probably 10 years ago, um, I actually did a um, workshop on writing grants. And so um, the ELA Foundation runs primarily on grants and donations, right? So um, I need you all's help right? For people that understand the importance of building the self-esteem of African-American boys and girls as it relates to traditional relationships, I really need your financial support. Um, A couple of the grants um, that I was depending on, um, they um, have started tweaking the language within their reports to say things such as um, projects that are diversified that do not exclude any demographic of people. And so um, I know that I I serve, um, I know that the Lord Um, And this sounds so cliche when people say, I know the Lord knows my heart, Um, but I mean that from an authentic place. I know that the Lord knows what he has, um, what he has equipped me to be in the earth. And um, it is important to me and important to the mission and the vision of my foundation to do what it is that the Lord pushes and unctions for me to do. The only way that we have the ability to do that is with the support, financial support of people who understand and connect to the mission and the vision. And so while I understand that people see the ELA Foundation as a movement, um, I have to be really open and honest that some of the ways that people have supported have been... um, indirectly um, like making posts on um, their social media platforms or 
um, indirect um, conversations about what the foundation is doing. The only way that we have the ability to move forward and to continue to make a real impact on a national level is um, with financial support. And so um, as um, there, there are still a number of grants that um, that still support and believe in what we do, right? And um, and so I'm encouraged about those. But as the political terrain um, shifts back and forth, and and there's some extremity to the political uh, terrain right now. And I've been doing this for 20 years. Um, I've I've seen it before, right? And so eventually the pendulum will shift back to a place of equilibrium. Um, But in the meantime, um, um, financial support is needed from people who who know um, who I am through my work, um, from platforms that I have built, um, such as uh, this podcast, um, uh, people who I have interacted with and, and know me. Um, people who uh, really can consider themselves to be sons and daughters of the ministry that the Lord has um, placed in my life. And those are people who have served um, in my ministry or in um, my businesses in some shape, form, or fashion. I need your financial support. I cannot say that enough. Um, you can do a one-time donation at dollar sign S A L T R O O M. Um, the biggest way that you um, can uh, contribute is by um, purchasing our products and our services. Um, word of mouth, telling people about our products, our services, a professional development platform, um, subscribing to the podcast, uh, sharing the podcast. Um, on your platforms, uh, things of that nature, uh, inviting me to your platform. Um, those are the things that really help to push the initiative. Oftentimes people um, tell me uh, privately how um, the ELA Foundation, how the ministry has been a blessing to them. And while I appreciate that, um, and it is encouraging to me. It is public acknowledgement, public support that helps to build the momentum of who we are, what we do. And um, all of us, um, the Lord has equipped all of us to do something. He has not equipped all of us to do the same thing. Um, and so, you know, this is an entertainment and a business platform. Um, Um, so, um, I was looking on social media, um, I think it was yesterday or the day before, and, um, when I, so, um, when I see Gucci man and his wife, Keisha Kaor, if I had to give an example of a woman who lives in her authenticity, I would say it was Keisha Kaor. Um, is she extremely um, 
extravagant she is, but that's who she is, right? Um, and I think that she is probably the prototype for what it looks like when we live authentically, right? The world does not need another anybody, right? The Lord doesn't need another Beyonce. The Lord doesn't need another um, anybody, right? The way that this, the, the leadership, the way that innovation, creativity, um, the way that we flourish as a society is when people tap into their own authenticity. Um, when I see people living like the most memorable moments of their lives and they choose to live those moments out in somebody else's brand, um, whether it's uh, posture, whether it's language, whether it's um, poses, whether it's whatever it is, 20 years from now, 10 years from now, five years from now, when the pendulum swings back to a place of balance, there are going to be people who have regretted that they were not living in their authentic self. Um, particularly in these once in a lifetime moments, right? If you need an example, right? I'm always on here to encourage particularly women. I think because uh, women are under a lot of pressure right now, uh, particularly with, uh, I mean, there's so much adjustments that we can do to um, the appearance of ourselves. Um, and uh, to be honest, um, there is a lot politically, right? That uh, women really are under a lot of pressure and I, and I don't really want to, um, I could say a lot, right? But there, but uh, women are really under a lot of pressure as it relates to their appearance, as it relates to how they lead, as it relates to branding, right, of each individual woman. And I cannot admonish you. And there is this, um, well, I won't say that either. Uh, I'll digress that maybe another day, another topic. Um, but I, what will make you sleep easy at night as a woman is going to bed knowing that you lived your life authentically. You comparing your children to somebody else's children, right? using somebody else's children as the bar and then upscaling your children um, in comparison, right? Or parallelism to somebody else's children. That don't make you sleep at night. That doesn't make your children sleep at night. It teaches your children to always reach for somebody else's 
authenticity, right? Um, and it keeps you up at night because you're always wondering and thinking and trying to figure out how you can upstage somebody else. Um, it's a terrible way to live, right? Like this is, this is my PSA, right? It is a terrible way to live. Um, and I've been watching it for the past, um, several years and I'm watching people like literally spin themselves out, right? We have to bring ourselves back to a place of equilibrium and living authentically so that the next generation can do the same because we're raising them. We're raising the next generation. And if children happen to be the future, right, then we have to teach them to opt out of the rat race, right? And what is the rat race? The rat race is always reaching for somebody else's something, right? Always um, comparison is the enemy of greatness, the only way that you can live authentically in the greatness in which the Lord uh, prepared you to do before the foundation of the world, right? Before he formed you in your mother's womb is to embrace in totality to who you are because people, the Lord has already placed a purpose on each ever, each and every one of us. And he has equipped all of us to do something but he has not equipped all of us to do the same something, right? And so what happens, and I talked about this about two or three episodes before, what happens is, is when you attempt to be somebody else, you're not operating in light, you're operating in darkness, right? And then you begin to feel places and positions and organizations and companies and places of influence that you shouldn't even be in. Right. Um, And it. And it causes a quirk in the equilibrium of society. Right. Um, And eventually. um, Well, I digress. Let's stay positive. All right. So I wanted to offer that. Um, I didn't really intend to push that far. Um, but when I was reading this article about Akon, I said, he's raising the bar. Like he's not trying to be anybody else. Like he decided that he was going to purchase 2000 acres, right. In, um, Senegal and build, uh, Akon, um, city in Senegal. It's literally, literally, titled Akon Senegal. And so if you want to read more about the details of the city, um, a, um, and so uh, I don't, Akon, AKA Wakanda, I, would, I don't know. Um, if you want to read more about it, then um, I'll post the um, magazine will be available on November 1st. We may do a preview to that um, and, and do an early release. But the um, the details of Akon City 
and Senegal will be on uh, the website. And uh, this is a project that he um, t um, began, he started back in uh, 2018. And so apparently, um, based um, on the information that the development consultants that he's been utilizing, that city is due to start um, its construction in 2023. All right. And so I'm excited about it. I'm really excited about it. But that is what authentic living, that's what it produces, right? That's what the authentic living produces, right? Um, and so um, what else is in the news? We seen that um, uh, I took a glance at some uh media um, outlet information, and it appears that um, Kanye uh, reached out to Curtis 50 Cent Jackson so that they could build a school in Houston. Um, I think that's really interesting and exciting as well. Um, Curtis uh, 50 Cent Jackson and Kanye West are... Um, also examples of people who um, decided to live authentically, right? Um, I've never purchased anything from the Yi um, or uh, clothing and shoe line. Um, just not my style, right? Um, however, um, he is strategically living authentically, right? And so he didn't purpose uh, his clothing line to mirror anybody else's clothing line, right? Um, he strategically decided to do an authentic clothing and shoe line and um, and it made him a billionaire, right? And so it looks like um, that the decision that Adidas made um, to cancel their contract with Kanye is going to cost them um, a considerable amount of money. Um, I think it was like 2 to $3 billion, right? Um and so I think I, Adidas might rethink that. I think Adidas might rethink that. Um, from an executive vantage point, I think that Adidas might revisit that notion, right? Um, and so um, in Authentic uh, Living, we also have Curtis 50 Cent Jackson who created, um, he is the first, right, of entertainers to create an entire um, platform of um, daytime television, right? Programming, 
And I think at one point in time, he had over 10 different television programs running at the, at the same time. And so, um, again, we're talking about authenticity, right? Um, I think he was, what, no. And so we have a number, number of entertainers who have um, interjected uh, the educational process by supporting it with philanthropic uh, dollars, right? Um, but definitely he he um, expanded and capitalized upon daytime television. Is it daytime television? Are we referring to that at daytime television or nighttime television? Um, but he has programs that uh, run during the day and programs that run uh, during the evening. So either way, um, as it relates to uh, movies and television, um, Curtis Jackson was the first to not to do it, but to take it to the uh, level of expansion that he has and for it to be successful, right? And so um, in saying all of that, that is a, an excellent segue to move into what I want to know today, which is number five. Um, so there's a cost to, uh, to authenticity, right? There, there's a cost to authenticity because um, we live in a society that runs and chases money, right? And so if it appears to be working for one person, then the rat race runs in that direction a million miles a minute, right? To attempt to duplicate and mirror, right? What's working. Even if they have to lie, right? Even if they have to lie in the process, lie, cheat, and steal in the process, um, they will still attempt to duplicate what looks successful or appears to be successful. And so authenticity has a price because the, the pressure is on the person who has chosen to go in the direction that is off the um, path of where the rat race is, um, where the rat race, where the majority of the rat racers um, habitate and live and decide to move into another direction. And then everybody moves strategically right into that direction. And so the thing about authenticity is that there is a number of constructs and components and opponents that you have to contend with in order to maintain your brand. And then there will be people who have the audacity, right? Um, to attempt to 
take your brand in spaces that they see you headed to, right? To block you. And um, and we talk about that a lot when we refer back to the blueprint, right? That I cultivated out of the book, Hustle Harder, Hustle Smarter, um, authored by Curtis 50 Cent Jackson. And so um, what was the one thing that I had to contend with the most? And I often veer this platform as a safe space, um, but it's also a space for me not to bring, um, there, there are certain things that I talk about in this space, and then there are certain things that I only talk about in intimate spaces, right? And so very seldomly do you hear me talk about anything that has to do with um, my professional life, right? So I typically lean into those things that um, support my entrepreneurial endeavors, such as comedy and writing, entertainment, um, acting, uh, things of that nature. And so when I think about the number one thing that I had to contend with Um, as the Lord was strategically um, attempting to move me into another space of influence um, in the area of arts and entertainment, it was false fatherhood, false fatherhood. And so um, I was raised in a Baptist church, Around the age of 14 is when um, I began my journey in the apostolic faith. Um, But I was raised Baptist. And um, when I was an adult in my early 20s, I ended up um, completely um, walking um, towards the apostolic faith and away from the Baptist faith. Because I belong to a Baptist church that my spiritual father did not believe in women preaching. Now, here's the thing, um, is that he is my original spiritual father. And when I stand up and I preach and I teach, I look like him, (laughs) right? Um, I was under his tutelage from from the age of a little girl. the influence of his preaching style and um, his uh, his uh, theological perspective, right, and um, linguistic ability to um, to unpack and exercise scripturally the Bible, right. Um, in a uh, ecclesiastical format, it, it's it's it, it, I am very much an extension um, and a visual representation or an audible representation of my spiritual father, right? And so, what I didn't realize um, now that I am more mature. In my professional journey, what I didn't realize then um, is now I realize, number one, why why he was, um, because he has an apostolic anointing on his life. And I realize now why, 
Like sometimes we don't understand that restriction is protection. And so um, I, I definitely the the representation of his anointing is on my life, right? I, I got it. <laughs> um, you know, they say uh, I got I got it, and I got up out of there. Um, and then I did eventually have the opportunity to preach. I went on to preach, but because it was his anointing or the Lord's anointing through the representation of Him that rested on my life. Not only did I move on to preach, but I realized now that my enemies were his enemies, right? That I was the the middle woman, right? Between um, him, uh, the anointing of the Lord that was resting on his life and his enemies. And so what happened to me um, when I uh, left from up under his covering was that I encountered his enemies and I encountered his enemies through false fatherhood. People who wanted to be a representation of who he was and they were willing to do that by falsely um, attempting to represent um, as my spiritual father so that they could claim what was on my life, which was actually an extension of my original spiritual father. And do we have more than one spiritual father? Um, I I believe that we do. But uh, the original anointing of what rests on my life, um, beyond a shadow of a doubt, um, is from the pastor who raised me. And I realize now, again, I'll say it, that his enemies became my enemies um, when I left from up under his covering. And so partially, um, what could have been what I seen as uh, restriction was really protection. Um, And um, if I had to say what was the one thing that I had to contend with um, in order to push forward um, in the ecclesiastical calling that rests on my life was false fatherhood. And so what I'm asking today for number five um, is as you begin to expand the footprint of who you know the Lord equipped you to be in the earth, what was your number one opponent that you had to contend with? And so we've been in the vein of talking about Goliaths, right? And I said that um, your Goliath is the people that attach themselves to your ministry um, and um, they don't look like you, right? And when they don't look like you, they're not an extension of you and it doesn't um, honor you, right? It's actually a disrepresentation, right? And almost a, a dishonor. When, when somebody has set up under your tutelage for decades, right? Um, and they don't look like you because they choose to uh, tap into somebody else's anointing through YouTube or uh, social media, whatever, right? When I stand up and preach and teach, would beyond a shadow of a doubt, although my spiritual father did not believe in women preaching, there is no doubt um, that I am an extension of him. And so um, 
here, here is what I know is that the Lord is sending the cavalry off the mountain if he have to. Huh? I'll say it again, that the Lord will send the cavalry off the mountain if he has to in order to push who he has equipped you to be in the earth before the foundations of the world. And so um, for me, that could be preaching. For me, that could be painting. For me, that could be acting. For me, that could be writing. Um, For you professionally, um, that could be your next level of operation in the professional world, right? Um, And I think the way that you have the ability to better equip yourself is if you really understand who your enemies, what, what your enemy looks like, right? And I always say we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities, wickedness, rulers of darkness and high places. There is somebody who represents darkness in a high place sitting in a seat that belongs to you. The way that the Lord wants to strategically position you to plan for 2020-2023 is if you can recognize who your real opponent is. And so again, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Your ability to see and to conceive and to understand the who, the what, and the why, right? And that is where your promotion is because that is your Goliath, right? For some people, right, um, it, it don't underestimate the people who... Um, are not lateral with you, right? Not uh, in a lateral leadership position with you. It could very much be somebody who sits underneath your tutelage, but stands up and and has the audacity to look like somebody else, right? Uh, When they lead, right? Or it could be somebody, we're talking about Goliaths, or it can be somebody who attempted to run before you, right? And jump in a space that technically belongs to you, right? Wickedness seated in high places. And so you have to be able to recognize that and strategically plan accordingly. And so today I'm asking number five, to those who have (coughs) overcome their obstacles and reached to a place of maximum capacity and operation, who was your contender? Who was your contender? And and, and another way of saying that is, who who was your Goliath? What did you have to contend with? And um, this is Tanola Oliver with the Making of the Mogul podcast, where the dream is free and the hustle is sold separately. Um, If you'd like to do a one-time donation, you can do that at dollar sign cash app, S-A-L-T-R-O-O-M 
I'm working on um, placing the link back up for um, subscribing to the podcast. But in the meantime, you can email me at Elect Leadership Academy or Laughter is Cathartic. Google how to spell it. C-A-T-H-A-R-T-I-C at gmail.com. The first volume of the ELA magazine that we are relaunching will be available on November 1st and unless we do an early release and it will provide more information about Akon City in Senegal. And uh, thank you so much for joining me today. And uh, until we see each other again, live in the overflow. Peace.